that are alive, you are coming with me. What is this bullshit? Good trash genre cat. I love you. I know. Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Undercast, where we are not going to talk about the movies that you will not talk about in the film today's course. That's right. In fact, we're going to talk about all the we're movies. We're just going to talk about us. <laughs> We're going to talk about all the movies you, listener, know, you didn't talk about we in today's course this year. Listener, we haven't talked much lately. Dude, Let's dude. talk about us. <laughs> I want to talk about me. Oh, gosh. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that in my presence? So, yeah, uh, before we derail, Dustin, that, that's, yeah, we're going to talk about everything we've talked about this year. It is time once again for, is it the fifth annual? I think that's correct. Did we do one the first year? No. 2012 was the, or 2013 would be the first year, so this would be the fifth. This would be the fifth annual Good Trash Shelby's. Genre Cast Shelby Awards. Where, That's right. Uh, yeah. Where, As every good institute does at the end of the year, it's time yep. to uh, pat ourselves on the back for hey, an hour. It's good enough for film spotting SVU. It's good enough for us, although they actually are doing a year-end yeah. wrap-up. We're just wrapping up all the things we've talked about. Yeah. We'll our, do a year-end wrap-up of our favorite releases from 2017 somewhere towards the end of January. This is solely yeah. reflecting on the genre cast in 2017. Yeah, because there are so many wonderful uh, 2017 releases that we will not get uh, in the Oklahoma metro area, Oklahoma City metro area until, until the end of January. We save that for you later in the year. Uh, this is uh, just a year in review of the Good Trash Genre cast, or a look back at all the wonderful trash that we've consumed. And, uh, you know, we got to codify it. We got to make sure we remember it happened. And if you're a new listener, we like to tout this as a great jumping off point because we're going to hit some highs and some lows. So you'll really find out what we're into and what uh, the show's about and what we've kind of discussed. And you know what you're getting yourself into. But we like to tout this for anybody that's, uh, you know, just, you know, finding out about us or listening to us. Or if you want to recommend us to somebody uh, this is a great opportunity, I think, to do that because you really get the the full spectrum of what we're about. Yeah, the Shelbys are always a, a great place to jump in, especially if you want to tell a friend um, how to get into us because we get, we cover some of our favorite movies of the year, uh, and that right there gives them the lowdown on what they should listen to from from that year of the show. Yeah, it's just the greatest hits, and I think that really works well for us. And so, and we with, have fun doing it. Yeah, man. Without any further ado, I guess we might as well get on to the first category, right? Do we need to make introductions? Are the, we beyond oh, that? I, I guess we should do that. We yeah. should probably tell people who we are. See, we're not doing the normal stuff. Yeah, the, the structure's out the window. The liturgy's out, and so I don't know what to do. Um, who are you across the table? Or the, the, the there, I mean, yeah. the one I'm pointing at, you. Uh, <laughs> the four finger discount. I, I am Arthur Gordon, and holy rusted metal Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh. The one I'm pointing at here. Who are you? My name is Dalton Stewart, and I have tried to leave this apartment. I can't get out. I've tried to leave like three times, guys. I don't. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go to the bathroom? How are we going to get know. water? There's a bucket. My name is Dustin Sells. You guys keep using those words, but I do not think they mean what you think they mean. <laughs> and so here we go. We're going to do this thing, um, and we're going to talk about the bin. Not- I, I do. Uh, so, um, obviously, this is probably not our favorite new discovery. We're talking about The Princess Bride a little bit right now, which is a movie we did look at this year. But that is the first category, is your favorite discovery. Which this is, is, yeah. Oh, you're you're going to go ahead? I was doing that. Uh, go ahead, can, yeah. Can, sorry. Can, may I? I can, no, please. Uh, After you. After you. The Founding Father gets to speak. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. It, it's our favorite movie that we saw for the first time for the show. 
Correct. That's Correct. really what it comes down to. So it, uh, all all movies like The Princess Bride that you'd seen before we reviewed it for the show, not reviewed, analyzed for the show, uh, those movies are off the table. So it's a movie that for the very first time you saw it watching For the Good Trash genre cast. I go to you first, Mr. Arthur Gordon. What is your favorite new discovery? I told myself I was only going to allow for one tie this year, and this is the category where it's going to happen because there are uh, several movies I saw for the first time, and there were a couple that really just jumped out of me some really great stuff and i also apologize uh due to a, a hiatus i took i'm only really gonna be hitting movies from the back half of the year um this year has felt really long and i also thank you guys for welcoming me back uh it's so good to, it's so good to have you back of uh, course I, we welcome you i back. didn't want to scare you away when you yeah. started coming on and you're like yeah i think i think i'll uh, i'll try to come back every couple of weeks I got really excited. I did my best to not scare you away. And I, I'm glad that you've just uh, you found the time in your schedule to just go ahead and uh, become a permanent yeah. fixture once again. It was, it's fun. I, I missed it. Um, but uh, so anyway, uh, all that out. Uh, so this is my big tie. Uh, and there are two movies that just really grabbed me that were just kind of uh, wonderful gems that I was excited to, uh, that we watched. And the first one is from our... Uh, Always be watching Denzel Marathon. Um, it's a great marathon. Marathon I, I of the year. I could fill out every category with a movie from Always Been Watching Denzel. I, I had to go back and take some out because I realized like I had four categories. They're all just Denzel. They're, yeah, I was like, all right, we got to Easily could have filled bit. out this whole category. Yeah, because ballot. we had such a great range of, of film yeah. in, in that one marathon. Yeah. And so my first pick comes from there, and that is uh, Crimson Tide. Which was just a blast. And I, I had always kind of seen it, but I always got it mixed up with Hunt for Red October. So, you know, I, I didn't think much of it. But, man, it is just a good time. It is a great uh, suspense film. Uh, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat. Uh, it's two actors just going head to head, which I love. Uh, it's Denzel just doing Denzel. And I appreciate that so much. And so I'm really happy that I got to watch that. Uh, I'll probably revisit it because it's just a blast. Uh, and the other one, though, is a movie from this year uh, that we happen to watch for Shocktober uh, that I just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed. I was really hesitant again to watch this one as well, but it's Raw, uh, the French-Belgian production. That is just great. I, I love how much you like Raw. Yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot, too. I didn't know that I was going to like it that much, but, man, it, it was really good. Um, and we did a couple of really good French films this year. Uh, but Raw, you know, is is, is great. Uh, some great performances, uh, just great material, well-presented, uh, interesting material that doesn't go the places I thought it was going to go. Uh, and it worked. And so those are a couple that I uh, I really enjoyed. I thought we had really good discussions about them as well. Thanks. So those are those are my discoveries. For I like that very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. What do you say, Dalton? What's your favorite new discovery of 2017? I've got to agree with Arthur Gordon. It's Crimson Tide. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's secretly Tony Scott's best movie. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with Arthur. I'd seen, you know, a scene or two here and there on Basic Cable throughout my life. You know, I, so I, I was kind of aware of the basic plot of Crimson Tide just because I'd seen it, you know, I'd see a scene or two here, a scene or two there. What an outstanding suspense film. Crimson Tide is to Hunt for Red October as The Illusionist is to The Prestige. You're absolutely correct. Uh, I have not seen The totally Illusionist, up. but I, I uh, totally agree with that. Yeah, that checks out. Um, Although I like The Hunt for Red October more than that. But. I will have to f catch up with it someday. Uh, maybe for the show. Maybe we're going to revisit it. Submarines. Submarines. Now, in the interest. Submarine Sundays. Oh, baby. Under Siege. In the interest. Fuck me. That's a battleship. That's different. Oh, it is a battleship. It's a battleship. It? Yeah. Uh, still, we. Uh, <laughs> the Widowmaker. It is officially. Have you seen that movie? Das Boot. 
Uh, which, which one's the Bigelow? K-19. That's Bigelow. Um, yeah, there's a couple of summary movies. In the interest of uh, not just talking about Crimson Tide some more, though, I will go ahead and make this a tie for me because I want to mention another French film we talked about this year. Uh, it's way, way back at the beginning of the year, uh, back before uh, we, we lost Alex and Caleb uh, as part of our weekly uh cadre of voices uh and that is the french film girlhood which i would not have watched and i think that's a big part for me personally i probably would watch crimson tide for the favorite discovery i do try to pick at least one thing that i definitely would not have watched if it wasn't for uh just our programming choices Uh, and girlhood is absolutely fantastic uh 2015 release 1516 i can't remember yeah just a great film um it's a, it's a day in the life in the French projects, um, or a, you know a year in the life. Um, it's it's just absolutely astonishing. Uh, it's there's really not anything more I need to say. I, I I know it's hard sometimes as you're listening to a film podcast and somebody tells you to go check out some French movie, and you just don't want to. I get it. You didn't come to the Good Trash Honor Cast for French cinema unless it involved somebody getting something stuck in their face. I get it. I understand. Go watch Girlhood. Do yourself a favor. I know it is decidedly, you know, anti-trash. It is not typically in our wheelhouse of, of what you come to this show for. But um, that's part of why we, we pick things that are not trash all the time. We want you to know that you can trust our taste. We like the same things that you like. We would not steer you wrong. Go watch Girlhood. Absolutely. Yeah, shine bright like a diamond, man. Uh, love yeah, that baby. scene. Love that movie very, very much. Um, before we get any further into picks, I'm going to give this sort of disclaimer of all my picks. Here's okay. the disclaimer. Ready? Uh, whatever I said on the show, I've been thinking since then, and it might be different. You know what? Dustin actually brings up a good point because I think I have – there's definitely one on here that I have changed my mind on a lot since we talked about it. Yeah. So at and least one or two. That's a big thing about film criticism. And we, Dustin and I talked about this a long time ago on the, the short-lived cast who knew too much. Uh, but film criticism is so fluid and it meets you where you are. And so the more you think of something, and you may revisit something in a year from now, it's just a completely different opinion about it. And so I, th- I think that's something that if you're interested in film criticism at all, you have to keep that in the back of your mind that you may see a movie at one point and have a completely different opinion of it, uh, you know, 10 years later, five years later, a year later, month later, even. And so, yeah, I think that's a great caveat to, to bring up. So, but with that, that said, I don't believe I have changed my mind. I didn't re-listen the show, but I want to say my favorite new discovery, I'd already seen Crimson Tide. I don't know if it would make my list anyway, uh, but I'd already seen Girlhood before we'd done it for the show as well uh, in a uh, French cinema class I'd taken um, at Oklahoma State. Uh, my favorite new discovery is a comedy, which is not to that is very untypical for I you. I look at, um, and that is The Voices. Ryan really? Reynolds, really? The Voices. I Man, that, that show is adorable. Yeah, I, it's good. I, yeah. It, it's just fun, and it's uh, it's interesting in the, in the nuanced way it handles mental illness, mm-hmm. And uh, but it's also just, just gut-splitting hilarious. Help me with the director's name, uh, because I know you'll know, and I can't, the lady that did Persepolis. Oh, phooey. I had not gone into that research. I know who you're talking about, but no, I'm not going to try to say. Anyway, I I just wanted to bring it. I only bring it up because I I think um, her her voice in in the production of that film is so crucial to what makes that I'm going to butcher this, uh, yep. but Marjane Satrapi? Satrapi? Satrapi. Marianne. Yeah. Satrapi. Yeah, Marianne Satrapi. Sorry. Uh, but, there we go. Yeah. I, I think I think Strapi is crucial to what makes that movie work, right? Yeah. Because if a dude if a dude tackled that material, I just don't know that it would come out could have been a quite problem. as it would have been really ooh, I worry. I, and I think what she does is to, and we talked about this when we, you and I talked about the show, and the only reason we did that is actually because of Arthur. Arthur was such a big fan of it last year uh, that I, I remembered we got to try and find time to do the voice. I had really wanted to be on for that episode too. Yeah, I remember that was one that you you had told us yeah. that you were gonna try to make. Yeah. Um 
it, it's it's a strong film, and I'm glad you liked it as much as you did. Uh, I really do. I, I sing a happy song, sing a happy song. Come on, everybody, sing along, <laughs> sing a happy song all the time. I, and I think it's it's a really good example of what we try to do on the show because it it's got a lot of problems. It's not a great yeah. film, but there is a lot to like there. It's Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick. Uh, what do you want from me? I, I, yeah. They're just very charming people. Stop it. It's fun. So that was my favorite new discovery of 2017 from the Shelvies. So we're moving right on down the pike to the next category, which is our Once More with Feeling Award. This is a film that you had seen before, but upon the viewing for the Good Trash Genre cast, somehow the feels came in a new and interesting sort of way. You might have loved it more or hated it more or differently or completely turned around on your opinion of the film whatever it may be but the feelings change with the once more uh with this particular viewing i go to you first arthur gordon what is your selection for once more with feeling i think i'm going to go in a negative way here uh, i i and uh, i usually kind of go positive i think uh, but this one uh we talked along uh, uh, on the episode about how much I actually enjoyed this movie and, and then the franchise as a whole. Uh, and it's Saw. And it's a movie that really feels like it has diminishing returns. Arthur, I am right there with you, man. Yeah. I, I was so excited to revisit this movie yeah. and was so bummed out that I didn't like it more. And I feel like, uh, I mean, I've seen the original Saw a handful of times, probably five, five to six times, you know. Every time, obviously, when I rewatch the franchise, when a new one comes out. Uh, you know, I get I get that one in there, but it it really feels like it just loses something. I still think Juan does a lot of great stuff, and I think there are a lot of very interesting ideas, but it just kind of loses something, loses its magic. I think every time uh, that rewatch gets in there, and so I, I still enjoy the franchise. I still enjoy the goofy, convoluted narrative that's mythology playing out, you know, throughout these films. But I I really think that the the first one is a one and done. I I think if you uh, if you've never seen Saw, you see it. But I don't know that you have to revisit it. I think you're, you're, it's going to hurt after that. And so for me, once more with feeling, is it's a negative feeling, kind of sort of sad, because I, I, I like the idea of Saw, and I, I like where it stands in, in, in recent film history, but I, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it just loses something for me. I'm so glad you brought it up, because it was almost my pick. And so I'm really glad you brought it up, because I remember um, even after we recorded, you and I kept talking about it, and we both just kind of really realized after we got done recording, you know what? I don't know that I even like it as much as I just said yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, Real meh. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that very much. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what's your selection for Once More with Feeling? So my Once More with Feeling is, is more complicated. Um, you, I'm, I'm with Arthur. I tried to find a film that I kind of uh, brushed aside. Um, I tried to... I was thinking about RoboCop, which I, I liked a lot more on this viewing than I had on previous ones when we watched it for the show. Uh, but I ended up going with Gerald's Game, uh, which was a film that I had seen already yeah. that I had really pushed hard for us to do. I watched yeah. Gerald's Game right when Netflix released it because I was such a fan of Flanagan's film Hush that he did Correct. for Netflix. I was a big fan of Oculus. Uh, I never did get around to seeing his Ouija movie, but uh, I heard fun things. Yeah. So I was like, I was excited for Gerald's Game. I watched it the weekend it came out and was really blown away. I was really impressed with it. I, you know, I had some quibbles here and there, but I was really impressed with it. And we went back and watched it for the show. And I, as we talked about it for the show, and as I've thought about it more, I, the pain <laughs> that that movie makes me feel, I, I wonder if it is worth the the genre caper that is at the center of the, the story. And again, without trying to get too spoilery, the, the themes um, that the film explores, the ways in which the film talks about trauma is so real that the disconnect 
from the realness uh, of childhood trauma that it discusses, there's such a disconnect with the the present day survival story for me. Uh, and I understand the through line that's there. I, I understand the intent to link uh, physical survival danger with uh, the psychic trauma of childhood uh, abuse. I get what it's going for, and I actually really like what it's going for. But for me on that rewatch, it just – the realness with which the trauma in that film is handled made it – it really took me out of the, the survival suspense horror side of the film. It made it really hard for me to re-engage with that aspect of the movie on that second watch. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's, that's my one more feeling is it's, it's not even I dislike it. It's just – it makes – I just – it, it makes it hard for me to say that I enjoy it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough for sure. It's a difficult film in many, many ways. Uh, my once more with feeling I think is probably obvious. I think if you guys looked at the list at all, you all know. I mean, Arthur's already making that wry smile. Um, so when we came back, we had a brief hiatus because we had moves and all that kind of stuff going on. And along the line, my grandfather also passed away. And so uh, one of the things that I remembered on a knee uh, many, many Saturday afternoons is watching Clint Eastwood Westerns. And so when we did A Fistful of Dollars, uh, coming back that movie, was emotional um, and it was powerful and um, I think that I mean I've talked about and talked about before that uh, how dear that film was um, I wrote I had a little write up about Italian spaghetti westerns uh, on the on the Good Trash uh, website on my eye protein column uh, before that but um, that film became um, so much more dear to me because it is a way in which I have um, been able to reconnect and, and sort of, you know, be able to remember and honor my grandfather. And uh, also it's just, it, it, it has, it has a whole nother sort of level and layer and lay, uh, valences of feeling to me, uh, now as a film. And so it's not so much the film itself as much as the circumstances surrounding it, uh, for that. But for me, my once more feeling is obviously a fistful of dollars. Uh, for for Clint Eastwood because you know I love you Grandpa. Um, so anyway, I'm done. I'm gonna get schmaltzy and we're gonna have to move on. What's next? I don't have my thing up. Tell me the words. It's the next uh, award uh, on the docket is the best episode, uh, which is just gonna be uh, each host's pick for the the favorite episode. Not necessarily the film itself, uh, but just you know the, the the conversation that was the most fun to be a part of. I, I guess is the the most succinct way to say it. So Arthur, what was uh, your your favorite episode this year? Uh, I, I... I had to look, and you know, honestly, we had a really, really strong run, uh, and I'm not putting these two together, but I, I feel like after I came back, and I, and I miss you know a lot of shows, and listening to a lot of shows uh, when it was just you know, you know during my hiatus, and I, I really kind of cut myself off. Uh, but coming back, I feel like we had a really strong run from from about the time of I think my first one back was Devil in a Blue Dress, mm-hmm. and then just. All through, you know, the Denzel stuff and then Shocktober. Uh, but for me, I think RoboCop was a just a strong good episode. episode. Uh, not only, you know, I, I mean, it's a good movie, but the, the discussion we had, yes, we talked about the consumerism and we talked about capitalism. But we really got into ideas of personhood and, and this kind of character that RoboCop is. And we kind of got into that messianic nature and, and some of the, you know, the sacrifice and, you know, what it, what he becomes in this really tragic uh, you know, understanding of what RoboCop has become, his loss of personhood to become just living this shell, and and I thought it made up some really good discussion. We all made some really good points, and you know, if you're you know wondering what are the highlights of this year, I think RoboCop is one you go and listen to because I think we you know presented ourselves well throughout that episode, and I think it just made for good listening and it made for good conversation. 
And and that's what this, you know, the whole thing is about is that conversation. And so RoboCop for me is one you, that is just standing out uh, above the pack. That was a fun show. I agree uh, very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Okay, Dalton Stewart, what's your favorite show of 2017? My favorite show of 2017 is going to be uh, coming from the Always Be Watching Denzel Marathon. They're just, I mean, there's so many great ones throughout the entirety of that marathon. It it really is probably one of my favorite marathons we have ever done for the show. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that it was because we got to watch so many damn Denzel Washington movies. Uh, but my favorite episode of that marathon is The Manchurian Candidate, Jonathan Demme's remake of The Manchurian Candidate. And I, I think it's a great episode because, number one, um, we got to give some love to Jonathan Demme, who passed just a little bit before, um, like the month before we did that episode. Um, so it was really nice to get to talk about Jonathan Demme, who um, I think is really kind of unsung um, mm-hmm. in terms of like his contemporary. I think his contemporaries get a lot more love than he does. Um, but it's, it's a great episode that really kind of shows what the show is about because that is a movie nobody gives a shit about. I mean, no, hardly no one gave a shit about the original. I mean, it's not like it was a huge success when it came out. Was it? Was it a big cultural phenomenon? Yeah. Kind of, I mean, it was? I, okay. I just took a class in the 60s, and I mm-hmm. think every other essay I read about it was, talked about that movie. I guess what I would say then is it doesn't feel like it's had that much staying power. I mean, yeah. people reference the Manchurian Candidate a lot, but I don't know a lot of people that have actually seen it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's had cultural staying power like you know, other films from the 60s have. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a remake that was not particularly well received, and yet there's so much there to like. There there is so much going on in that film that's really interesting and fun to talk about. And if nothing else, it gave us the joke of the year, um, in which uh, Dustin you you queried to me, uh, uh, you, yes. Dustin and I were querying about uh, the relationship between Meryl Streep's character and uh, Liam Shriver's character. Uh, Dustin kicked it to Arthur, and Arthur responded with a simple, "Oh, they pumping." They pumping, and that is the a phrase that has just become part of like my personal lexicon throughout my daily life. I have just, that's just a, that's a life. <laughs> I love that joke so much. Every day, life. guys, he's pumping. every time there is a question about two people's relationship. Oh, they pumping, <laughs> they pumping. Uh, it's one of my favorite things, and I, I think yes, it's a great joke. But it uh, it shows you what we 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 like to do uh, on this show is. We took a movie that nobody cares about. We really tried to make the case for it as good cinema. And also we made some dick jokes. Yes. And that's that's really what we do at the end of the day. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Um, I told you uh, guys that we're not going to have a tie, and I'm not going to have a tie. And I also told you that I'm not going to be schmaltzy. So I'm not going to name Devil in the Blue Dress as my favorite episode of 2017 because it was uh, the marking the illustrious return of Arthur Gordon. However, that is deep in my mind. I am going to go a couple episodes back and look at A Time to Kill because Dalton and I, I, I believe our conversation as two white guys talking about racial tensions in the nineties and the contemporary. It was a difficult conversation to be having, but we, I think we handled it with grace, but beyond all of that, I think we were able to very well communicate what we understood and to leave open ends for that conversation and to allow for the fact that we do not have anywhere near all the answers. And I love the open endedness of that particular show. It's something that's really important to me. Uh, that we do our best to do on the show. Look, we know that this is a show hosted by three cis hetero white guys, um, all of whom are, are, are real horny for a guy or two, but, uh, you know, are either married or engaged to a woman. Uh, we do our best to engage with um, queer theory and feminist theory and, and uh, racial justice theory 
because it's important to us. It's a big part of what makes cinema important. Cinema as a generator for empathy has really the legs to make long-lasting social change if if we, we have the right conversations about film. And we know we're doing our best. And I, I think, Dustin, I was really scared that you were uh, giving us a pat on the back there for a second. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. But no, I, I think you're right. What we, I know I try to do it. I know you guys try to do it too. But we always try to remind you that, you know, we are limited by our viewpoint. And while we are super interested in these theories and while we are super interested in this aspect of talking about film, at the end of the day, we know what our experience is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, and I, I, I like to think we do a pretty good job of reminding you, please do not take our words, the gospel truth on anything that has to do with race or gender or um, sexuality. Um, just because we know there's only so much we can do because we have one life experience and not another. Right. Um, so I, it is very important to me that you feel like you can tell us if you feel like we're fucking up. That's that's the point I'm trying to get at. And, and, and that's what I like. I, I like the provisionalness of that particular show. I, I like that it was a conversation starter, not a conversation ender. It was a thing where we like we see these things and we're troubled by these things and we have these questions and we might raise certain questions for our a fellow white cis people who might be listening to the show as well um, that maybe perhaps they had not thought about, but we also realize there's a whole slew of questions that we had not ourselves considered. And so that that particular, again, provisional aspect of the show really just – it was it was good. I enjoyed that a whole lot. It was a fun show to make. Moving right along, um, I think before we get any further, though, let's take a moment and let's talk about social media. Well, you know what? That's a good time to do it because I was just telling you, the listener, that you should let us know if you feel like we're fucking up. How can you do that? Well, you know, please don't be mean to me. Uh, it was an accident, I promise. Please be mean to him. I know. And that's the thing. I'm the one that people are going to be mean to. I can feel it. I'm the one that you should be mean to. I'm the one that's clearly the the meanest of the three of us. Um, yeah, I know. Don't shake your head at me like that. Uh, how can you do it? How can you tell us if we could be doing something better? Uh, Twitter's a great way to do it. Um, hit us at the ads. You know, you don't have to DM us. It's fine. You can call us out in public. If you don't want to do that, you don't have to. Uh, DMs are open for the Good Trash Media account. That's at good underscore trash on Twitter. Uh, you can email the show if you've got um, a, a lengthy uh thing you want to share with us or uh, you know a thought on a film or uh, a thought about one of our takes that's uh, goodtrashmedia at gmail.com if it's good and not too long shit we'll read on the show um our feedback section is short as hell because we usually don't read any of it uh but if you send us a good email i'll, I'll read it correction it's good trash genre cast thank at you gmail.com. is it okay thank you for correcting me uh, i said uh, the wrong one last week it is good trash genre cast at gmail.com uh listen to arthur not to me as a rule um yes yeah, we're on Facebook. You know what? Go there if you want. Follow us if you want. We don't really give a shit about it. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash GTM. Zuckerberg doesn't need your help with anything, literally anything. Um, and finally, you can rate, review, and subscribe to this show uh, and any show on this network at uh, iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Um, those ratings and reviews do help us a lot. Um, I know it probably doesn't seem like it, but it does. So um, if, if you haven't done that, if you've been listening to the show for a while and uh, you feel like uh, you could be uh, giving back, that's all you need to do. Um, now, if you're interested in doing more than that, if you really feel like you're getting your money's worth out of this show when it's free and you're thinking, you know what, I got some disposable income. These guys probably need help paying their hosting fees. Well, you're correct. Uh, we would not mind that. Arthur, you want to you wanna tell people about uh, a little something we're bringing back? Yeah, so uh, we've been on Patreon for about a, over a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And uh, we kind of dropped the ball in 2017. I'll admit that. You know, we were going a, through changes. It was a big year of turmoil, turnover, and a lot of changes, growing pains, things like that. Uh, and so we kind of dropped the ball with Patreon and getting some of those rewards out. And, you know, we are really apologetic about that. Uh, but we've been doing some planning, some looking, some revamping. And I think we've developed a strategy that will really play to our strengths. Uh, you know, we're three guys with full-time jobs and uh, extracurriculars. So it's hard to kind of do some things. Uh, but uh, we've revamped some uh, some of the tiers, some of the goals, and really the main idea is, you know, we just like to keep some money in the bank so we can pay hosting fees, you know, keep up with equipment and things like that. And so uh, that's kind of what we've reshaped that to look like. And as far as tiers, uh, we've got the similar tiers. I think the max is 15 a month. And uh, we've kind of reworked some of those rewards so that they are easily deliverable for us and hopefully, you know, enjoyable for us. Uh, a couple of the big things uh, we've still got, you know, at the highest tiers, you can pick a movie a year. And those are a limited plan. I think there are 10 or 15 of those available. And just because we can't have you guys doing all of our programming for us. Yeah, that's part uh, of the fun for us. And we do reserve the right to, uh, you know, do that on a bonus show or something like that as well, or a Patreon thing uh, if, if we pick those movies or if, when you pick those movies for us. Uh, but the other one is uh, one I, I think is a lot of fun, but that is a uh, the Bargain Bin Host Picks. Uh, where if you uh, subscribe for you know five dollars a month or ten dollars a month, then we will uh, send you quarterly a uh, curated uh, DVD or Blu-ray, depending on your tier uh, of our choosing from the bargain bin at uh, Walmart or Target. I, I'm super excited about this reward. And so uh, quarterly, you will get a pick from one of us, maybe a little note or something like that to go with it. Yeah, uh, I'll write you a note about why I picked your movie. Yeah. Um, I would love to do that. And I'm super excited about this. And so I think it's a lot of fun. It's something that's easily deliverable for us, and uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun for you. And I have beautiful penmanship yes he, he does he uh, practices calligraphy daily and so uh it's it's wonderful it's a, it is a sight to behold and so uh for our, our current patreons we apologize uh we're gonna work to get you some more content we can't monthly and we quarterly. can't make you stickers and mugs guys it's too hard for us yeah. the shirts were dope we know they're it's just too hard and uh, if we get to those points where we have that kind of money and uh you know we can afford to we'd make, love to get there again it's just really hard to make 20 shirts if only one person is getting that that reward and so if we get to that point again where we can do that kind of stuff great uh but for now I think we've got some deliverables that work for you, work for us, and uh, and just we we thank you for any support you can give. Now, Arthur, where where do they go if they want to give us money? If they oh. are interested in some of this bonus content, we're we're going to be doing a uh, doing some monthly bonus episodes yeah. that are going to be for our Patreon and subscribers only. Just uh, bringing back our fired up and uh, pop culture segment from the early days of the show. We're going to be doing that once a month. Uh, where where can people go if they want to give us some some scratch? I mean, obviously the easiest place. There's a link there at our goodtrashmedia.com website. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon, you just hit the button there at the top right, mm -hmm. and uh, that'll get you there. But if you want to go directly from the web, Arthur, what is the website for that? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I believe it's patreon.com slash GTM. Um, that's where you'll find us there. Uh, just type that in, uh, and it is uh, slash GTM uh, to be easily memorable. Uh, but like I said, we've got some named here, so you can be a light trasher, a regular trasher, a good trasher, or the greatest trasher. Uh, so go over there, check out those revamps, uh, see what you think, and uh, do what you feel do. I, yeah. mean, I know we told you for a while to stop giving us your money, uh, and that was really until we figured out the sticker situation. Uh, and really just the physical deliverables. We felt really shitty about that. Um, feel free now. Um, yeah. We're not going to make a big thing about it. We're not going to do a pledge drive or anything, but uh, it's back on the table. We'll probably be bringing it up during this segment each episode, just reminding yeah. you that it exists. So, Yeah, give us some money if you want to, and uh, we'll get you some extra fun stuff. But uh, we're, we're promising a better good trash genre cast in 2018, and yeah. so uh, we'll be there for you guys. 
Yep, that's right. Just like the Rembrandts, <laughs> I'll be there for you. Thank uh, you, Dustin. Moving right along, we're moving on to our, one of our favorite awards of the year. Um, it's because it's about our least favorite film. That's right. We're going to give the Hebrew Hammer. This goes all the way back in the years of yore, the first year of the Good Trash uh, Undercast. Not only the first year, but like the third month. I mean, yeah. early, early days of this show. Yeah, we did a uh, we did a Christmas marathon uh, picking non-traditional Christmas films. Much to our chagrin, we did the Hebrew Hammer. We hated that movie. And, and it was too bad because I really remembered on liking it. I really remembered uh, enjoying that movie when I watched it on Comedy Central yeah. as, as a 13-year-old. And it did not hold up. Maybe that should have been a one-timer for you, Dalton. But I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, just like the Wayan Brothers, this is the hated it category right now. Yep. That's, that's a living color reference. That right was there. such a good reference. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a pull from way back. Yeah, no, that still resonates. I think, no, I, I think in living colors, still, uh, people stand up for that still. Uh, so with that in, tell me. Give it what, to me. What did you hate? I'm going to drop the hammer. Drop the hammer. I'm going to drop the hammer hard on Jurassic Park 3. I thought you were going to say what happened to Monday. No. Jurassic Park 3 to me is the bigger perpetrator here. As a part of a beloved franchise, we got this garbage entry that is just a total mess from you know from the get go. Uh, that may be it. there is a pretty good scene between Grant and uh, and uh, Laura Dern there and the uh, oh my god, Ellie Sadler. Sadler. Yep. Um, but uh, other than that, the the film is a total mess. It doesn't know what. It, there's a talking raptor in a dream sequence. There's something that is talking so raptor. out of place. There's something super frustrating when a, a movie that big is that bad. Because yeah. It's like you had infinite money. Yeah. It's not like when it's something kind of scrappy. It wasn't rushed. I mean, this yeah. wasn't like it was in six developmental months. hell. Yeah. For like five years. Infinite money and meetings. They had meetings and in they which a decision solid was director talking raptor. Good idea. Maybe they should have set this one in like World War Two because maybe that would have played to Joe Johnson's strengths a little more. <laughs> But, Joe Johnson uh, only knows how to make movies about the 40s. And superheroes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Maybe it should have been a super velociraptor that saved children. I don't know. But Jurassic Park 3 is so bad. And I'm uh, maybe it's because I, I love Jurassic Park so much. Uh, and, and to see it tarnished in such a way. Uh, but it just doesn't work for me. And so I'm going to drop the hammer as hard as I can on, on that movie. Excellent. Won't even call it a film. It well, doesn't deserve that. Doesn't deserve that, that title. Distinguishing. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Okay, Dalton, I'm ready for you to drop the Hebrew hammer. Where's it going? <sighs> this was hard. This is really hard. Uh, but I got to do it. Um, it is John Michael McDonough's War on Everyone. That movie fucking bad. Yeah, uh, it's not good. All the conversations that you've heard surrounding Three Billboards and how Martin McDonough is really not equipped uh, as a, a person from the British Isles to be talking about race in Missouri. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that is a totally – that is the first thing you need to talk about when you talk about Three Billboards is what is this movie trying to do with race? If you thought that fucked it up pretty bad, though, you ain't seen nothing yet until you see what the other McDonough did with War on Everyone, which should be great. It's Michael Pena. It's the, the prettiest Skarsgård. It's one of the McDonough's, he who made, the one who made Calvary, by the way, which is an outstanding Amazing. piece of art. And War on Everyone just gets everything wrong, and I cannot figure out what happened. I don't know if it was the script. I don't know if it feels like, uh, speaking to Infinite Money again, it does feel like they had a very tight budget on that movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, the opening credits just uses footage from the rest of the film. It honestly plays more like a pilot for a TV show than it does like a film. And I'm wondering if that was, at one point, it was a pilot for a TV series about these two absolutely horrendous cops. 
Um, the movie was made recently, though. It's not like... Uh, Yes, the conversation uh, about violence and policing has been really charged uh, over the last three years, and it feels like it escalates every year. This movie came out in like 2016, which means it was produced in 14 and 15. Hey, guys, uh, Ferguson was like three years ago now. So peop- this was in the, the fucking zeitgeist, and this movie still got made. And again, Penny and Skarsgård are guys that usually make really good choices. They're really talented people in this movie, really smart people in this movie, actors who I really respect and who generally i think no know what's what and yet this movie fails at every turn and the more i've thought about it since dustin and i talked about it the more i dislike it and it really is frustrating to me how how much i dislike this movie because there are moments that are there are jokes that are really funny there are moments that really work and the the mcdonough brothers do thrive on social taboos i think what they don't understand about america is we some of our taboos are real thorny uh, it's it, look. I know you guys get your taboos in the British Isles. We're dealing with some different shit. Yeah, you did colonialism. You did. You did it really bad, and you were really gross about it. Uh, I'm not going to speak to how they engage with that, but every time one of these McDonald's talks about policing in the United States, they really drop the ball. And I, I think it might just be because it American policing is such. It might be an issue that is so specifically American that Americans really got to be the ones to engage with it, potentially. I could be wrong about that, and I I really love uh, films about America by non-American filmmakers. I and mean, we were just talking about um, Satrapi's uh, uh, work on The Voices and how she is integral to what makes that movie work. I think policing might be uh, the exception that proves the rule, is my point. Uh, so the Hebrew Hammer goes to war on everyone. It's just a very bad movie yes it is it's a it's a bad movie with a couple of great moments excellent excellent i appreciate that very much now i sadly have to bring the hebrew hammer to bear in a marathon in which i do not wish to bring the hebrew hammer ever and that is into the denzel marathon i have to bring it to the book of eli yeah no, you hate that because movie. it's yeah i ah i'm not even sure i can say what i'm feeling i hate that movie so you have a legitimate vitriol rage for I, the book of eli i am so furious with it and i kind of love completely it. upside down ideology and the ways in which it spins religion in general christianity in particular the ways in it and the way it play it, it continues to support the 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 myth of redemptive violence by sort of nodding towards no not really but then just going ahead and doing it anyway i hate that movie so much i i i i have to stop now yeah no you hate it you, you did a really good job uh, on that episode of articulating what doesn't work about it for you yeah i'm and, less passionate then than i am now well and i can tell and that's why i'm gonna jump in for you thanks because uh, i could tell you're pissed don't know how to talk about it um yeah i i think I think you make a really strong case for what does not work about that movie, uh, just not only theologically, but just uh, ideologically. Uh, from a, a even more secular standpoint, the film doesn't really work uh, in terms of what it's trying to do with violence. Um, and it's honestly the same feeling of war on everyone. Yeah, uh, they have the same feeling. They, they want to engage with violence and the people that do it, and they want to engage with philosophy and morality and ethics. And I think they both really drop the ball. Uh, and that's those are the things that get Hebrew hammers on the show. It's uh, it's not being bad. It's having an ideology that's just kind of fucked up, honestly. Yeah, and that's what's going to get you every time. Well, moving right along to the movie you might have liked, and maybe it was thematically interesting, but you don't want to watch it again because it's just too painful for whatever reason. That's right. It's the Compliance One-Timer Award. Uh, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what's your one-timer from 2017? 
I'm going to say it's Gerald's game. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it does have some. Uh, it's it's got some interesting ideas. It's uh, as as far as adaptation, I think it's executed in a very interesting way. But the I, I think it's a one-timer for a couple of reasons. As Dalton mentioned earlier, they're diminishing returns as, as far as the way it's constructed. But also the content is heavy. Mm-hmm. It is extremely, you know, trigger warning, trigger warning heavy. And uh, and so I, I think it handles a lot of that gracefully, especially in in, in, in relation to adaptation. A lot, the of, lot, of, the book. lot of empathy, really. Yeah. yeah, it does a good job. And, and 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 so I think that works, but I mean, just there's some you know as far as the 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 main narrative of you know survival, and there's some hard stuff there, some uh, body horror and things like that that are kind of rough to watch, and uh, and so I think overall, I think you know maybe see it, if 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 you're up for the task, uh, you know trigger warning up for the task, see it once, but I don't know that I'll be going back to it. I'm not mad that I watched it, uh, but I, 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 yeah, that's my that's my one timer. Uh, I'll go ahead and just chime in now because it's mine as well. Um, it, it absolutely, it's a one timer for me, but I do think it's a powerful film. I think it's a, it's redemptive and healing in many ways. But also, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. As you say, it's not something you want to go back to a lot. It's not a beach you like to visit um, on on the regular for sure. And so that that does make it uh, a one timer for me as well. So going to you, Dalton, what is your selection for the compliance one timer award? Well, I know. Uh it feels like the obvious pick here is is well what are what are the films that had the most like egregious content right it was mm-hmm. gerald's game and it was raw yeah uh, you know what i i think i said it on that episode i would rewatch raw and i almost just picked raw because it was the obvious choice mm-hmm. but honestly nothing in that really makes me not want to watch it it's all pretty palatable the things that are unpleasant to watch are quick enough that you can just look away uh, and there's enough going on in that movie that it really would honestly just be fun to rewatch uh so I thought, uh, let's go in a different direction. Um, my one-timer award is going to go, uh, normally, again, I go to the, the movie that is the most objectionable to me personally, and I have the hardest time watching, but I'm going to go in a different direction, and this year, I'm going to grant that award to The Craft. I am okay. so glad that I watched The Craft, and I will never watch it again. That's There's fair. not a chance in hell. I Look, Feruza Balk is uh, an American treasure. And we don't have enough of her in this world, and we frankly um, we, we we need more. And uh, anybody who has the ability to put her in movies should be doing that right now. But as as Dustin and Arthur and I talked about, that movie is it's just not for us. Uh, it it is for thirteen to seventeen uh, year old uh, public school women and private school women. Um, charter schools probably don't apply, uh, but it 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 really is very insular. Um, in a way that I, is great is frankly, I like that it's not for me. Uh, but that said it not being for me makes it really unpleasant to want to visit. And again, there's just, there is a lot of, um, muddled, uh, messaging in that film that doesn't quite work, which we talked about a lot on that episode. Uh, and it, it's just one of those films. I'm glad to have an appreciation for it. Uh, I'm glad to kind of understand its status as a cult film, but I never need to see that movie ever again because if I hadn't watched it with Dustin, Arthur, I don't know how you got through it by yourself. There's a lot of lulls in that movie. There's some great scenes that propel it for another 15 to 20 minutes, but 
there's some lulls in that movie. So I I, I went a weird direction, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my compliance one timer to the craft. All righty. Well, there you go for your compliance one timer awards. We're at the penultimate award. That is our best worst movie, the guilty pleasure movie, the movie that's kind of bad, but I don't care. I love it anyway. I go to you first, Arthur. What do you pick? I'm going to go with Tarsum's The Cell. Uh, it is. Arthur, I'm going to jump in right now. It's mine too. Yeah, it is bonkers and bizarre. It is not very good, but it's it amazing. is a visual feast. Tarsum's direction, his hey guys, cinematography. Is it yours too? I do. <laughs> guys, there, there you have it. it. The Cell is the good trash movie of the year. I love yeah. that movie it so is, much. I, I, I would probably go back to it. I, I mean, it's definitely in my wheelhouse. Serial killers, detectives. Uh, it's got this weird sci-fi element to it. But it is just a fascinating thing to just look at. Yeah. It's the other movie, along with Gerald's Game, that I watched on my own time and immediately like forced us to do it on the show. Yeah. Just like insisted that we were going to yeah. do it. Because as soon as I watched it, I was like, oh, this is everything that we do on this damn show. It's messy and weird, and there's choices that don't make sense, but it's yeah. also pure art. Yeah. It is pure art. Yeah. And so I've, I've got to say it is, you know, I think it is a perfect definition of a... Good trash uh, movie. Yeah. And, and so best worst movie, The Cell. Right across the board. Arthur, I, you, you were the, it was right for you to be the one to uh, tee us off on that. I, <laughs> Dustin, did he say anything that uh, you, you feel like you need no, to No, I got nothing else to say. I mean, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, so I love it. Well, that was so, easy. Well, okay, now, we're at, now we're at the ultimate award. Yeah. Now, now this is the one we're going to get some variance because the, the, the best worst movie is almost always the, the best trashy movie that you yeah, like. Yeah. The, the Platinum Shelf listener is something that really does almost transcend. It doesn't even – it can come from anti-trash. It can come from pure regular – regular ass good trash movies but it is the movie that is so good that it really should be discussed in a film studies course and uh, it it is elevated apart from the other fluff that we've done absolutely so without any further ado then mr arthur gordon what goes on the platinum shelf for 2017 we've come full circle we we started with always be watching denzel we're going to end with always be watching denzel it's he got game it's a good movie. It is uh, it, it is firing on all cylinders for me. It is hitting all the right buttons for me. I think it is a prescient film for our time. I, I think it's been a prescient film since it came out. I think it has a message that resonates not only you know with uh, people of color in urban areas, but I think it can hit almost any demographic of of any young person who has any interaction. Maybe not even with sports, but any type of competitive. Uh, uh, extracurricular activity, uh, especially, you know, uh, where, you know, kids are just trying to succeed and fit in and find their place in the world and still grappling with all these other real world issues that just weigh down on Jesus's shoulders. And uh, Denzel himself is just, when you say, you know, why is Denzel the greatest actor ever? I think you can point to He Got Game and you can see why people resonate with this actor who is just the, who is the greatest life. actor of all time period he oozes charisma the guy just steps into the room owns it he steps into the role he owns it and 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 his portrayal of this troubled problematic father who's not really the hero and he's not really the bad guy he's just a real he's human just a dad. being yeah he's a dad he's not yeah. a hero or a villain he just happens to be jesus's dad yeah uh I, I kind of like that. And so it is a movie that definitely resonated. It is, you know, so well put together. So I I, 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 I don't know if I'd say perfect, but it's pretty close. And for me, I think it's it's definitely one that goes on the platinum shelf. It's one that you have to see. It's really good. I like that pick a lot, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Okay, Dalton Stewart, what's next on the platinum shelf from you? 
it was damn close to also he got game. Um, mm. I decided not to pick he got game because I would have eventually gotten to it on my own, and I really did want to try. And, I, I wanted to try and pick something that was uh, something I probably never wouldn't have gotten around to if it wasn't for this show. Um, so that that was the direction I decided to go with the platinum shelf for this year. Uh, but I'm glad, Arthur. I'm so glad it was your pick because I, I just want to echo Arthur's sentiments really quickly. It's a masterpiece, and it. it it probably is my my favorite Spike Lee movie, and, and yeah. again, I, there's there's a lot of his filmography I've not gotten through, but of the you know five to eight uh, uh, Spike Lee joints that I have seen, it's my favorite. I, I absolutely love everything that he's doing, and I, I think Arthur's absolutely right. Uh, from the first frame, the movie is making a point to you about the story of uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth is the story of all uh, American kids. Uh, and that's that's really the strength of that film. Uh, my pick is going to go all the way back, all the way back to the very first film of the year. Uh, and that is Louis Bunuel's The Exterminating Angel. Guys, my runner up. I'll watch a damn Spike Lee movie any day of the week. You know I'm not going to watch a fucking Bunuel movie unless somebody makes me. I'm just not going to do it. That's somebody being... Me. You well, Sorry. and again, and I use anti trash. I I, I I voted hard for Exterminating Angel. I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah. I just I know I'm never going to do it unless I'm forced to, and I'm so glad that I did because we talked about it on that episode. That that film is so influential, just pop culturally speaking, uh, but it's also influential artistically and politically, and really it is just a, such a strong example of why you should be excited about Boonwell. And it, it's really, honestly, it's doing what 2017's mother did a lot better um, mm. and I, I like mother I, I i think there's a lot to like there i think it's a weird uh mess of a film that's fascinating to dissect but in terms of like actually a a good movie or a, a, a fun movie you definitely are not going to hear me say those words about it and i think what Boomwell does is take that absurdity that uh, aronofsky's trying to work with in something like mother and says you can do this better uh and he did it better 50 years prior and I, and I think that's that's really what makes the exterminating angel the film that's got to go on the platinum shelf for me is because mother was like the film of the year in terms of just the film criticism film of the year it was the film that there were you know the most hot takes the most think pieces like it was the movie that people who do what we do had the most fun talking about and for me, with that being the film that kind of captured film criticism, film analysis, zeitgeist in 2017, with that being Mother, you got to go to Exterminating Angel because it does that same high-level um, allegory uh, metaphor without ever really bothering to explain all the bits and pieces uh, of the allegory to you. It does that same thing, and it does it with a lot more wit and charm. Um, and frankly, it's just more fun to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. My pick for the Platinum Shelf is uh, is uh, moving back into the projects, guys, but it's the Paris projects. It's Selena Skiama's, uh, Skiyama, excuse me, uh, Girlhood. I love that movie so much. It's so good. It's already was mentioned as Dalton's favorite new discovery of 2017, but for me, it is the best film of the year. It is, it is the kind of movie you don't find. It's got that sort of realism that is part of uh, uh, one of the major schools sort of in French filmmaking going on right now. It's directed by a woman. It's written by the same woman. It's, to, it's, it's starring a series of Senegalese and uh, oh golly, Algerian immigrant 
uh, young black French women. It is about all the things about their the multiplicity of views and viewpoints that society needs to be paying better attention to, and it's taking it one step further. Yes, indeed, we have a whole lot of conversations to be having in the States, but the same kind of conversations that we're having right now are happening the world over, and it is a fantastic movie in which somebody wrestles with all of those structures and institutions of society and uh, their injustices. It's it's a great movie. I love it so much. I mean, yeah, I brought it up almost as a passing joke talking about war on everyone. But yeah, colonialism fucking happened everywhere, dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're not the only ones that need to talk about it. And it's really great to get to see how, you know, we, we watch a lot of American films just because those are the films that are easiest for us to consume. Uh, but you're absolutely right, Dustin. I think uh, those deconstructions of those global sins that need to we need to be confronting those because uh, there's a lot of cultures that uh, are impacted uh, by the the forced globalization of the world in the 17 uh, and 1800s and, and furthermore i think i find it kind of useful if we confront it in another culture to be able to confront it from there to our own culture to know it's not the same but there are similarities and to see those things that work in those cultural specificities then we can uh, extrapolate and generalize and then apply to our own specificities i think it's a usefulness uh, in order to do that. That, that that you know you don't really necessarily need to make uh, you know all the everybody in mississippi watch you know uh, in the heat of the night or something like that right uh, that if you made them all watch girlhood though that might be a way in which they could sort of engage that better. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think the same would go for uh, something like He Got Game. I mean, He Got Game is doing the same thing, right? It's it's mm-hmm. reminding white America that black America has, especially poor white America, that, hey, we're all on the same side. It's us versus rich people uh, at the end of the day. Uh, and I think Exterminating Angel does a similar thing where it says, don't forget who's actually in charge. It's a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, and I think that's the strength of all three of the films that we've put on the platinum shelf is they, they take a, a story that you were familiar with and they do something that you don't expect it with. You, you know, stories coming of age stories in the projects. You don't know them from French women, you know, stories in the projects. You don't know them as told through, through the lens of a, you know, a Midwestern sixties baseball movie. You know uh, farces about uh, the rich and powerful, but what you don't know is, is what happens when you do some real weird, surreal, absurdist comedy with it. So uh, I, I think that was fun that we had that uh, that overlap in our Platinum Shelf picks is taking those specificities and, and putting them in different places uh, and seeing how that changes the, the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So there you go. That's the uh, 2017 Shelby Awards. Uh, there's a lot of uh, additions to your syllabus, I hope, as you've listened to the show, that you might go back into the back catalog of the Good Trash Honorcast and listen to those shows, but also that you would chase down these movies and then maybe hit us up on the social media and have a conversation with us. Again, all um, all of our announcements were uh, carried in sealed envelopes by Warren Beatty. We appreciate that very much, Mr. Beatty. And uh, we are now finished with the show, but we're going to keep on watching on into 2018 next month we start our anti-trash marathon all over again and so it's going to be lots and lots of fun so we'll see you in january you keep watching we'll keep talking we'll see you all next time
Thank you for tuning in to the Good Trash Genrecast, brought to you by the Good Trash Media Network. For all Good Trash content, go to GoodTrashMedia.com. Our intro music is a supercut by Mr. Arthur Gordon, featuring a little help from Junkie XL and even less help from Hans Zimmer. No, just kidding. He gave a lot of help, too, and we appreciate his contributions, but it's mostly Arthur. But we're moving right along into our concluding music. Our outro this week is Night Call by Kavinsky and down the hills I gotta tell you something you don't want to hear I'm gonna show you where it's dark But have no fear Talking about you, boy. 